The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are now about to take a journey with professional advisors Ken Smith and Ethan Broga on Empirical Investing Radio. To connect with Empirical Investing Radio, please call 1-866-472-5790. Fasten your seatbelts. You're going to need them. Just because the hosts have a sense of humor does not mean their advice won't change your life. Good afternoon and welcome to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Braga. I'm Ken, Certified Financial Planner with a Master's Degree in Financial Analysis and CEO of Seattle-based wealth management, national wealth management firm, Empirical Wealth Management. Good afternoon, Ethan. Hi, Ken. Good to see you, as usual. Welcome to the program. Good to be here, as always. Best guest we could get on the program. Yeah, in such short notice, probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anything you want to give out our contact information? I know today we want to, uh, before you do that, I'll preface here, we want to talk about a couple of topics that have come to us through various listener questions and issues. So um, one being is now a good time to uh, put your money into an annuity product, and two being um, if forward-looking returns are low, should you... How should that uh, work in the context of having an advisor paying for financial advice? And uh, three, I, I was reading a, an interesting little article on dividends. Um, if we make it that far, should you kind of revisiting the uh, pluses or minuses of dividend investing? Uh, so those are just a few topics. Well, it sounds uh, pretty good. Lots of things going on in the world, but we're trying to focus on some things that might address decisions that are being made right now with your finances. And this show is designed to hopefully share with you ways of making smarter financial decisions consistently. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds like a good time. Yeah, and this is also, just remind everybody, this is a live show. So if you'd like to participate today, feel free to give us a call or shoot us an email. Uh, the number is 866-472-5790. Oh, excellent. Call already. Calls are flooding in. Or Put if that like on to, hold, Simon. Or if you'd like to use email. Feel free. It's at uh, it's contact at empiradio.com. And, um, you know, just a little bit about what we do. Uh, if you're an individual investor out there, you're looking for some some, some prudent financial guidance, uh, you know, we, be, we would love to talk with you. Perhaps yeah. offer up a second opinion. Um, if you're looking toward retirement, we can do a retirement analysis as well. Basically, any type of uh, financial-related uh, question or, or, or problem you might have, you'd like to address, we'd love to help you with it. So feel free to reach out and give us a call. Um, I'll give out the other number for that purpose. It's uh, 206-923-3474. Uh, that's number right to our empirical headquarters in Seattle. It's HQ. Feel free to ask for Ken or Ethan. And again, if you're uh, an investment advisor out there looking to uh, perhaps partner up with a well-established firm uh, that has done a lot in terms of the, the research and uh, the investment structure, um, a lot of the back office support, all the, all the things you might need to help you grow your business, feel free to give us a call as well. Numbers 
All right, Ethan. Nice work. Hey, before we do the uh, start with this, I want to talk to you about this annuity situation. Okay. But uh, I wanted to share a little bit from a discussion I had earlier today with an investor. And uh, I was explaining, you know, one of the questions was, how do you differentiate yourself from other advisors? So locally and nationally, how do we do that, right? Okay. And I was saying, well, if I was sitting in your shoes um, and with the wealth that was at question, um, I just thought it's been a while since we reiterated this, if you don't mind me doing it now. Sounds good. But I, I and then I'd love to hear your view, Ethan, Ethan but... Um, you know, it's really your show. I'm here to hear along for the ride. Uh, you're, you're really, yeah. <laughs> here to help you get where you want to go. Okay. Well, thanks. Ethan. You're driving the show. I don't know. It's our. Isn't it our show? Well, I guess that's technically true. Um, so anyway, <laughs> and hey, if you want to talk about something different, call or email us, and we'll change gears here. Right. But one of the things that I right now, um, I think, when you talk about low returns, and so that was a question that I wanted to hit. Right. Was hey, if 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 uh, I read in a magazine, someone had said to, to one of our guys, I read in a magazine somewhere that returns are going to be lower. So really the best thing to do is just to buy like an index fund at Vanguard and don't pay for any kind of help or advisory fees, right? So put that in, your, in the shelf for a second. And, okay. And we'll come back to that. But just have that in your tickler file, Ethan. Right. And... My view is, hey, the lower the current returns have been, right, and the tougher the market gets, the more willing you should be to pay for the proper type of financial advice. Yeah. Um, because the more difficult it is to stay disciplined and to not make rash decisions that can throw you off course at the worst possible time. And so uh, we're going to talk about insurance here in a second or annuities and whether that's a good idea should you be liquidating a portfolio because the last year maybe the portfolio the globally diversified portfolio you have uh didn't do so well and then we went through the crisis and so now you're just probably getting you know give or take here based on what the market's doing getting close to being back where you were prior to the financial crisis decline right Mm mm-hmm so some people might give give up and say forget it i'll just throw my money into an annuity or whatever but let's backtrack. So if you're looking for advice, and I think everyone should have an advisor, that's my opinion. Anyone who has a, a reasonable desire to be financially successful, I don't care how much knowledge they have, unless they're doing it professionally, probably should get some outside counsel. That's good advice no matter what you're doing. If I'm a professional athlete, I should still get some advice from a professional trainer. Just because I'm a professional, it doesn't mean that I've achieved some level where I don't need anyone to help train or guide me right? or to keep me on track, even if I know the exercise, right? Sure. That, that, that to me, uh, the more important it is for you to get it right and to achieve a high level of excellence, the more important it is to have the right coaches, not the opposite, right? If you don't care, then yeah, why would you pay an advisor if you don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. My Scratching you where you're itching here. I think you know Michael Jordan had a. I'm sure he had a personal trainer, probably more than one. Right, right. Along with the coach, you know, uh, when he was with the Chicago Bulls, right. Even the best people, in part because they have those things, they they excel, right. The more serious you right. are about be, being excellent at something or, or achieving success in it, if I you're just a weekend guy who goes out and shoots baskets, yeah. do you really need to hire coaches and probably less, right, right, um, than the guy who really wants to achieve a certain level. Of proficiency. That's true. Uh, but I know that's counter, I think, sometimes to how we may 
think. We want to cut corners. Michael Jordan could say, hey, why would I pay these guys? Those guys aren't cheap, right? <laughs> to get the best trainers in the world and the right. best coaches, there is some cost. It's typically not free. Definitely not free. The results should be net of the measured based on net of those costs. So net of paying the coaches or the trainers he had to get involved with, was he successful? Did he achieve more right. than if he wouldn't have had them? Is the proper framework to view that decision. Right. So I said, the way that we look at it is if I was making that decision, starting from a bigger picture and then working down, eliminate any advisor who is connected to um, or involved with a company or themselves who the basis of their advice um, results in any kind of commission or revenue being generated um, based on the, that advice. That's my personal preference. I'm not saying I'm 100% right. I could be wrong. That's my professional opinion um, and everything we've done and everything we've chosen to try to do to say, you know what, if it was my mom, my dad, sister, brother, family member, close right. friend, mm-hmm. would I want them in a position knowing everything that I know today of doing this for this long, of being in a situation where the company that they're that's providing them with financial advice and making investment recommendations ultimately is earning their compensation on something other than the merits of the advice. Meaning, are they getting paid ultimately off the product that's being invest, invested in? Right. As opposed to being paid for the the advice and the quality of that advice, because if you to me if you can separate those two, you know I'd far rather pay a doctor if this was possible for the advice uh, on what I can do my, than a doctor who's getting paid by selling me procedures. Yeah, and unfortunately that's probably how it goes in there, and why they have various medical you know oaths and and uh, ethical things that they have to do so that they're not making rec- hopefully recommendations we don't need. But ultimately, wouldn't it be a great, you know, if you could design the world in the through the the, the rose-colored glasses that you wear, Ethan? Right. Um, in a way, <laughs> the utopia. Um, it, I would want to design it that way. Unfortunately, in in this world, that is a choice. You don't have to work any longer with a wirehouse, a brokerage firm, a bank that is making their individual representatives or advisors give advice that ultimately the advice or the, the product that the, that the money goes to generates a revenue for the firm simply because you're in that product, not based on the advice. Does that make sense? Am I not? I think it does. So that if you did that, what do you think you would filter out in terms of potential advisor choices? You know, would it be half? This question posed to me? Yeah. Um, of the available channels for investment advice, uh, the question really is how, how many of them are sort of commission-based in a way or fee-based only? Is that the kind of the question? How many would I filter out? Well, and it's not just commission-based. I want to comment on that. I think um, even if the person in the situation, the the rep is not, the advisor is not directly being, hey, here's a commission for selling right, that. Right, right, right. If if the company you got, I think you have to go deeper to that and okay. say, hey, if the company has a financial incentive to put a one of their clients in one investment over another, right? Because there is a, a greater degree of profitability than the company, regardless of even what the individual rep on the end, okay, is doing. Yeah, it's got to be high. Uh, I'd say eighty percent, probably something it's like a, that. It's a pretty large percentage 
Um, and I'll have to do some research on yeah, what what uh, percentage of advisors or advice givers are compensated solely on the advice they give right. rather than any connection through them through the representative or the company mm-hmm. based on investment products. But it's got to be a, a much smaller. But that would eliminate. That would do a lot. I don't care how smart they were. I don't care what their track record was. To me, that would be one filter that I would use for those people, my mom, my dad, my family. But I would say, hey, if you can avoid this, if there's, if, if all other things being equal, let's, let's sidestep that landmine. Right. Then we don't have to worry about that. Any potential, potential conflict. No. We're not worried about that. Um, then go down to, okay, well, now what am I looking for? And then it's a function of, hey, for the wealth that I have to manage, I would like my dollar to buy me the best advice and help that I can get. And for me, that would be in a comprehensive sense. I wouldn't be looking for somebody that's promising to beat the market, i.e. a famous uh, other fee-only advisor that's on a national basis that we see advertisements for constantly. And Simon was just talking about a few minutes ago. Um, And the point is that they're not doing the comprehensive planning part of it. Right. Well, what's wrong with that? Yeah, I mean, I think making making investment decisions without regard to your other financial circumstances doesn't really make a lot of sense. I don't know. To me, they go hand in glove, you know, or they're they're tied together. So separating those doesn't make, in my mind, the best best sense. Yeah. So that would be something I would look for: is hey, can they connect the dots as here? a holistic advice? Or yeah. Not? If they're not, I would then even if they're now there's not the compensation issue, right? I yeah. ruled that out or that method. Now it's does somebody. Do they have the capability to provide the comprehensive connecting the wealth management part, the investment management, with a financial planning process mm-hmm. that circles back around? Not a point in time, hey, and at the end of it, here's a bunch of interesting recommendations, but something that connects those two together. Right? Are the people working on my direct situation, do they have the experience and the credentials? Now we're digging down a little further yep. to accomplish that. And then I would take it down to the investment philosophy or strategy. Is it something that I can believe in? And it isn't a function, I think, where a lot of people make the mistake is they believe they need to hire an advisor to do something that they would never have the ability of doing. right? Because, again, if we think about this $40 billion manager out there, the promise that's being made is you really can't do this. You need someone like me to do it to beat the market. Yeah. And, well, I believe what we do is very hard to do um, for most of us as individuals. It's very easy to get your arms around, and it's what we call evidence-based investing. Right. So, you know, if you wouldn't mind cracking into that real quick. Yeah, well, the, evidence, the evidence-based investing just means that or refers to, you know, of the, of the available strategies, what does the evidence say as to what is the best the most likely strategy to succeed. That's what we're looking for. So we look for evidence outside of my own opinion, outside of the opinion of others, but look for fact-based fact-based data that supports that or or, or dis- disputes it. Obviously, we look for that too. Looking for any any type of evidence as to what what is the best type of approach with regards to investing. If you are committed to that evidence, if you're committed to looking for the empirical answer, and not just some some sales sales you know. Um, slogan or, or concept of hey we're going to be able to time in and out of the market that stuff's very alluring but it isn't evidence it isn't independent third party evidence oftentimes right 
So if you are committed to that, if you said, hey, I want an advisor, and I agree with in my own life, whether I'm doing it myself or having an advisor, you should come to the same conclusions, right? Yeah. Either I'm picking stocks on my own or I'm hiring an advisor to pick stocks. But in the end, I believe that picking stocks is a great activity. Right. Um, they shouldn't be separate, right? Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to use believe in a, uh, a market or a evidence-based approach, which, which shows overwhelmingly that picking stocks is probably not the greatest likelihood, uh, probably not going to afford me the greatest likelihood of capturing market returns. All the market returns for a given level of risk that are out there to be offered, it's very unlikely that I will outperform the market, whether I'm picking those individual stocks or I'm hiring someone else who I think is smarter than me or has more time than me or is more disciplined than me to pick those stocks. That's a philosophical decision that needs to be made regardless of who's doing it. And the evidence then has to be weighed. Um, not the evidence by the person who's offering the stock picking strategy or the evidence of the person who's saying, hey, let's look at other, a more what we would call passively or structured, diversified approach to capturing stock mar- and bond market returns. But the independent evidence that's out there and that's third-party reviewed and academically tested. Mm-hmm. That would be my advice. And if you do do that, it's going to lead you to another door that you're going to be able to choose on the, f- the fork in the road. Um, and it looks like we're going to have to take a break in a minute. Well, when we come back, we'll, we'll finish this line of thinking and then get relate that into this annuity and other uh, discussion. Sounds good. If that's cool. We'll be right back in Critical Investing Radio. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm my name is simon Liu, portfolio manager with empirical wealth management inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307 that's 1-800-923-4307 Or visit our website at EmpiricalFS.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host. 
as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Welcome back, Empirical Empirical Investing Radio. Your co-host uh, Ethan Broga, alongside Ken Smith here. Uh, if you'd like to join the program, feel free to give us a call. The number is eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero, or email uh, contact at empiradio.com. And uh, Ken, before the break, you were we were just talking about um, you were asked the question by a, uh, by someone I think in the last week or so um, about how we how we differentiate ourselves relative to other advisors, right? And you were talking about, well, if I was right. in your shoes, the type of things I'd be looking for would be this. Right. I mean, it happens to be how we differentiate ourselves. And I went on to say then, when you get down to what we do, um, it's it's not that there aren't other great advisors doing exactly what we do. To yeah. degree. We are in the minority, though, in terms of the percentage um, by that filtering process. Sure. So the way I would, if you filter down the way I, we were talking about. Yep. Um, and I was... Before the break, getting to the point of the investment philosophy, and if you looked at the way we invest, as evidence-based investors, we are committed uh, to following where we believe the research, the independent research, as you point out, yeah. um, and the empirical research leads us to believe our, 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 our sound approaches. And I cannot sleep at night or find enough um Support for an approach that engages in actively picking stocks to beat the market as the approach to take for your serious retirement money mm-hmm. or college money or whatever the money is that you're going to put your money into or general market timing strategies that aren't clear about the nature of being in and out of the market being a function of um, time in stocks has a lot to do with the return you should expect. They're more, hey, we're, we're going to beat the market or we're simply going to eliminate risk and there's no cost to do that, right? There's a free ride there. Well, no, that's not the case. That's disingenuous. Disingenuine. So um, the evidence leads us to believe that a passive, diversified approach uh, re- yields far greater results which means you own thousands and thousands of companies and bonds around the world in a way that matches your willingness, ability, and need to take risk. Um, there is an enormous amount of value that a financial advisor with all the credentials and experience and everything we said that gets down to this point can add once you come to the philosophical conclusion that you will become an empirical investor yourself. Because once you do... Then it's not a. It should never be an, uh, a discussion of should I hire um, this famous prognosticator, forty billion dollars of assets around the country, 
um, to 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 beat the market or market time me in and out of out of things to a successful investment experience because you wouldn't you you have concluded that that that's not supported uh, it's not an empirical approach it's not an evidence based approach just as I hope you won't engage in medical procedures on yourself that aren't evidence based right you have any thoughts about that yeah well, I mean it's it's akin to like you know it's it's not always when you're when you're a kid right and you, you finally learn that there's no oh wait a second I'm not going to say it you know, St. Nicholas, right? Oh, okay. You know, Santa Claus, uh, right? kids are listening, so... I guess not. But you, when you learn that, you're not too surprised. But you still like to believe it. Um, but you're not going to be... You're not going to be making decisions around Santa Claus coming or not anymore. It's the same type of thing. There, There isn't any proof that there's a person or an entity that can consistently uh, pick the right stocks to own and or time the market in order to beat the market over any reasonable long period of time so every magazine every radio show every tv show every subscription to a newsletter that supports that what are we saying yeah we're saying that that's not true that what they're stating is not not true they're they're basically somebody writing a newsletter giving you updates on what santa claus is doing it's effectively is that what right you're saying it's basically right that in reality, in in reality, it it would be the same as as, as subscribing to the Easter Bunny newsletter, basically, and the Santa Claus newsletter, right? And assuming that there's real value to be had there, that hey, I'm I'm really going to get what I want for Christmas right. this year because I'm part of the Santa Claus club, yeah, and and I'm gonna really. Fool myself here into believing that that this is going to enhance my Christmas experience, right? Exactly, <laughs> and, and it isn't that they there aren't people that that, that happens to. Like the, from time to time, you'll get people who beat the market. Like in, in any any one year, you'll have several people probably beat the market that particular year. But is that evidence for hey, the next year they'll do the same thing, and then the next year do the same thing, and well, then the, the next most year do the same thing? Powerful analogy I can come up with is somebody frequently wins the jackpot in the lotto. That's true. But how many of us believe that that is a great investment and retirement strategy? Yeah, or, or do you think it's going to be you? The, somebody's winning every time, right? Yeah. So clearly it's possible. Yeah. But the odds of winning, are they great enough in which you would put your entire life savings into, into the lottery? Right. I hope not. Right. That one most of us get is very clear. Yeah. What you're doing here and i think it's groundbreaking work we're talking about you're illuminating us ethan that all of this which is a multi-billion dollar industry right newsletters magazines wall street wirehouse firms all these guys billions if not trillions of dollars oh yeah a big santa claus scheme pretty much is that what you're saying yeah single-handedly fundamentally here's why no one can predict the future i know that to be true I don't care if it's stocks. I don't care if it's my, my, you know, whatever, whatever it is. The, the future is not certain. That I know, and therefore it makes no sense. This, this is, uh, this is huge. That, it's as simple as that. That's a fact. That's why. That's the way. Well, what works. if someone says, "Hey, you're crazy, Ethan. You're nuts." Show, show me the evidence that I'm nuts. Okay. Show me people who have done it consistently, again and again and again and again and again, year after year. That, show me. You want, want to be made into a it. jackass, and I want that. I want that approach to be repeatable. 
I want to see, hey, it's going to be it worked in the past, it's going to work in the future. And I, I would adopt that strategy if it could be proven, right? But it, I don't think we're going to find it. So identifying just as coming to me and saying, hey, here's who won the last lottery is not the evidence we need, right? Because we know somebody will win. I know that they won. Right. But the odds weren't very good that it what would be we need good. to be convinced of, what we need to be shown, is that all of us should be investing substantial amounts of our portfolios into lottery tickets every time we every time we get a paycheck. We shouldn't <laughs> right. be deferring it into our 401k, 401k or right? Because right. stocks and bonds are dead. Right. What we should be doing is throwing it into lottery tickets. But right. that it's effectively the same type of thing. Right. Okay. So under that math. If we look at the mathematics of the market, some pretty sharp guys, Bill Sharp. No uh, pun intended there, Ethan. He's pretty sharp. But um, said, hey, wait a minute, guys. You guys are all out here buying lottery tickets or you know, subscribing to the Santa Claus newsletter or... The Easter Bunny one? The Easter Bunny one or, you know, the, uh, you know, the, uh, the mermaid subscription... You know, some aquatic merman. Uh, <laughs> it's merman dead. Um, <laughs> something of that nature. And in reality, right? Um, we're saying, oh, the the math on this is. Bill Sharp said, "Hey, wait a minute, guys. All of you cannot cannot win, right? Everybody who owns shares of stock in the stock market. So collectively, all, in, all investors. We all make up the stock market, right? <laughs> right." Very simple arithmetic of how the market All works. stocks are owned by somebody. Somebody owns them. And in order for one person to beat the average of all stocks, right, someone has to underperform. Yes. Therefore, there's no way we can all outperform. That's right. So now it becomes, are some of us smarter consistently to beat the rest of the group? And you're saying, show me the evidence that anyone has done that consistently. Not in one year, because just like in the lottery example, yeah. statistically we know right, what the odds are of any one person winning in any one year. It's can that person win the lottery? Can that lotto winner, the repeat. last one, repeat. repeat it consistently? Right. Enough to where I would give them my life savings and say, you buy my lottery ticket. That's right. Bro. That's right. <laughs> right? Bro. Exactly. Like if just because they won, would you would you start buying subscribing to their lotto newsletter? <laughs> I would Come on. I wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that? You'd say, "Hey man, that's that's a bunch of garbage." Right. That's not really going to work out. Okay. I mean, so show me the money. Even if it was free, I wouldn't take it. Right? It's worth it. Help right? me help you, Ethan. Help me help you. So we're we're challenging anyone. And and here's where I got to in this discussion. Well, that to me and you and Bill Sharp and a few other guys get this. We are not the majority of how the money is invested. What? No. I know that that is a shocker, right? I don't believe that. Here we go. Here we you're, go. You're going to have to show me the evidence of that one. And the evidence, if you take a look at it, while, over, while it's becoming more and more accepted by even the very bright, large institutions who historically spent a lot of money and energy hiring consultants to try to figure out how they can beat market average returns yeah, yeah. Um, through traditional techniques, they're shifting over to the approach that we've been doing for the last 10 years, um, which is really embrace capital markets, realize they can work for you, realize that risk is a function of the return you get, 
and there's a way of, of, of embracing that risk in a way where you can use it to your advantage. But we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute okay. if we have time. Don't rush me now. I wouldn't, wouldn't this do is, that. This is good. But in reality, if you look at the universe of, of we take mutual funds and you take just go into the Morningstar database and look at index funds or what we would also define as passively managed funds, which to me just means funds that are really trying to capture a segment of the market as opposed to beat it by, yeah. by owning a smaller concentration of it. So rather than own all 5,000 stocks or 500 in the large cap group or 750, whatever you you own maybe a subset, you know, maybe it's 40 or 50 stocks is an example. And you're hoping those, that subset will be the market index yeah. or the, the, the aggregate of that category. Well, the vast majority of the money still is in those active funds. Now that again, the, the total, the, the tide is changing. People are becoming more educated. They're listening to guys like you finally. It does go against our human nature, which explains to me why, while this research has been out for 20 plus years, why is it taking so long? Well, there's not a huge financial incentive from the Wall Street firms to get this information out there. Yeah. There's not a lot of huge, there's not a huge incentive for the traditional financial media to get it out there because it doesn't sell weekly magazines or newsletters, right? Um, particularly when, Really, in reality, once you've come to this evidence-based conclusion, you should hire an advisor to execute it. The first thing the advisor is going to tell you to do is say, stop reading this stuff. It's bad for your health. Yeah, bad for your investment right? health. Don't listen to the cigarette companies tell you that cigarettes aren't bad for you. Listen to the doctor, right? You're the doctor. Well, if you're t- selling cigarettes, you don't want to, hey, go listen to your doctor. Is that what you're going to write about? Yeah. No. It's not that no. exciting. It doesn't sell magazines. It doesn't. I mean, look at Simon. He's a he's a virtual Marlboro man. I think you can check him out on our website, ladies. But anyway, he's a cowboy. Back to business. Back to the business. This is serious. So now what you have is something under 20%. Now, at one time, it was only 10% of the money that was invested in what we would call that more of an evidence-based approach. Yeah, that's right. Until now, that, ago. again, is publicly traded mutual funds. So we're not capturing all the institutions who are doing their own separate indexing or passive through separate accounts or creating it. It's simply looking at the, re- the mutual fund universe, which is where most of the retail money is, the yeah. average individual clients. Biggest dollars. That's how they're investing. That's a bad deal either way. So um, by the time you filter down through all this, right, you know, we're, we're, we're a small percentage of, of the advisors. Now, historically, we believe the evidence is on our side. We have the evidence to show that this would have generated the pretty good returns for the amount of risk you got in such a way that you would have beaten a very large, large percentage, even after the fact, you know, of hindsight of knowing who the best was, right? Yes. You would have still beaten most of them. Yeah. Um, and you would have had to deal with the, the idea of, could I have identified these guys in advance? Because that's a, the other part of that equation. It's not enough to know that a certain percentage of market beaters existed over the last 40 years. We're looking at this data or longer. It's okay. So first of all, there's a smaller than percentage than I would need to feel that this is a good bet. And then second of all, could I have, could I have identified these guys in advance? Yeah. So there's two sides to that, right? There's a, the, the odds are not in your favor that someone's going to, going to outperform. And then there's no real way to identify these winners in advance of it happening. 
So it's really, really uh, a double conundrum, if you will. A double, a double conundrum? I just said double, double conundrum. Double conundrum. That's a good one. Thank you. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, you, 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 I mean, after the fees and expenses and so forth, it's, it's not worth the effort. In fact, you're usually taking on far, far more risk um, and end up and end up with less. No one likes that. No, it's, hey, not, it's even, not funny. It's not funny. It's not funny. I don't think it's funny. This is I don't a serious matter. Funny at all. So, okay, that that gets us to the point of okay, am I going to be an evidence investor? I hope we've done a, a pretty good job of, of reiterating, if you haven't been listening to our program or us for very long, why we take that path. We're happy to point you, if you call us, email us, in the right direction of starting to educate yourself with real knowledge, not just information. Most of what comes out is noise, just undecipherable bits of information. But the knowledge is really understanding how to collectively put this together to say, hey, how should I make the best forward-looking decisions? It's not about relying simply blindly on some past. It's about how do I actually take the most current research and apply it in the future? When we get back, Ethan, we got to take a breather. So I know you're working hard here. Get yourself a little Coke Zero or something, you know what I mean? Okay, I will. But uh, when we do get back, we're going to uh, talk about, I want to talk about this annuity issue. All right. Okay. Where's the music? <laughs> Just kidding around. <laughs> we must have another couple of seconds. Oh, there it is. Excellent. All right. We'll be right back. Empirical Investing Radio. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at EmpiricalFS.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. 
Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. Uh, your co-host Ethan Broga, alongside Ken Smith. Here. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, if you'd like Simon, to give, please get him out. Yeah. If you'd like to give us a call and join the program, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, the number here is eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. This is a live show, um, so we're doing this doing this live right now. So give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Or if you prefer to contact us via email, do so at contact at empiradio.com and. If your question's a good one, we'll probably read it on the air. Maybe maybe change gears here and cover that topic, whatever it might be. So feel free to give us a call or email. Ken, Alrighty then. Before the break and all the great sound effects, um, <laughs> we were wrapping up our discussion, I think, on, um, you know, initially started on, hey, what types of things make, make empirical different relative to other advisors? But then we got into more of looking at the evidence-based strategies. Yeah, it wasn't about a commercial for us. All of that was is applicable for yeah. any investor, right? And it was in that context that that came up. So it, it, again, it wasn't you know it's hey, how did we get to this level? Well, we had the unique opportunity to be independent and to start a company from scratch and say, right? Hey, based on all experience and, and all the research we can get our hands on, um, with one thing in mind, doing what's right for clients. And I said today, hey, what we are trying to do is give clients the most success op, the greatest opportunity to be successful have the highest amount of return that we can find with the least amount of risk everything else doesn't matter to me um how we get it there i'm not because i like stocks or mutual fund that all the stuff that people get distracted by are me, those are meaningless issues yeah whether you own individual the common questions do you buy individual stocks they're meaningless really it's it's those are just wrappers right that the candy comes in but What's really going on is, hey, how do we get the highest rate of return um, in a way that has the greatest amount of support going forward? Now, one of the ways is looking at, at some of the data in the past and the studies that have done, but it doesn't mean you're blindly, this is what the active guys like to say, you're just blindly following the past. But this is a different time, requires a different strategy, right? That's all nonsense, complete garbage, and I would not listen to it. Show me the evidence. Right? I'm an evidence guy. I'm an empirical guy. Show it to me. Right. Otherwise, get out of my face, right? So strong words, Ken. No, it, it makes me angry. Yeah. So hey, it's great everything that's going on on various financial programs and all that. Even I click in to see what's going. Hey, what's the market? I'm curious, right? Sure. But there's no real financial advice going on that's meaningful there. 
So it's a big show, and at the end of the day, right, maybe we were entertained. But nobody should be taking any financial advice from that stuff, particularly if it's not personalized, right? Some guy getting on and talking about gold or talking about um, IBM right now or whatever sector it is, that's all nonsense. It's all Take it for what it is. It's a big show. Um, or it's general news or information, like we said. It's not knowledge that can be applied to get you through retirement. You need to understand that and be able to separate those two. Or you are destined to a lifetime of poor investment decision, decision making and those poor returns we see in the studies, right? In the Dalbar study and other studies about how investors make bad decisions. Mm-hmm. So here's one of those things that I want to talk about that I'm angry about here. So I'm scanning through, uh, the Wall Street Journal online version just to see what they have to say, what topics are talking about, cetera, such and so forth. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's not their fault, but on the advertisement, uh, their little links of advertisement, you get this click here, you know, guaranteed 8% annuity returns. Well, right now, you know, with the market doing what it's doing and all the uncertainty, which by the way, to me, presents the greatest opportunity to be an investor, right? It, particularly in stocks. Yeah, you look at it at a, a historical lens, right? When there's the greatest uncertainty, Stock prices tend to be pretty low or lower than they otherwise would be, right? That's historically been the best time to be in in the market or, or being in a diversified portfolio. Right. The, the, the worse and the more prevalent the news is to where everybody knows about it and is, is down on the stock market. You're going to get a Starbucks and the person behind the counter is going, I hate stock. The better the chance I get excited about that. Right. If, and I'm not a market timer. I hold my positions all the time. Right. But it just gives me more faith that, hey, Things are going to look better on a return basis going forward in that time period than when the Starbucks person and, and everyone else that you're bumping into yeah. is screaming about how much money they made in stocks. Yeah, you know how much money was made in, in the in the tech tech times, right? Yeah, three or four years of just booming stock market. Everybody was buying buying Cisco or buying EMC or buying whatever stock it was and making money hand over fist. Um, People who didn't know anything about stocks, didn't know anything about investing, was was participating in this, and that's the time, you know, makes reminds me of the story about, um, I think it was was it Carnegie or somebody like that in, in the Great Depression, who, hey, I, the shoeshine guys tell me what stocks to buy. Right. I know it's time to get the heck out of stocks when it happens. Right. 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 So again, it's it's opposite of what we think. And every opposite time, right, the the these sleazeball sales um, groups and companies prey on. Primarily the elderly, by the way, um, is who they target with this stuff. Forget about the strategy that you have in place that was well thought out, evidence-based, mm-hmm. risk managed and grounded to cover your lifetime. The stock market stinks. You shouldn't have an advisor. And what you should be doing is buying guaranteed annuities. And here, so I click on it. I'll let you know next week when I get the quotes. I know you have some data, Ethan, and, and it says looking for the highest guaranteed returns, safe retirement income, highest payouts, annuity returns, 8% plus, A-plus rated companies. Don't trust a commission-driven agent with your retirement, which we are not, by the way. Um, get independent. So this, they must be selling annuities directly through this process without a broker somebody who uh, does that, I guess, if they're making that. But I thought what was really funny is it has quotes that says, retiree annuities may be promoted by Obama, <laughs> quote, cited by Bloomberg Businessweek. And then it says, annuities 
the official retirement vehicle of the Obama administration. How can they even say that? I don't, remember, I don't Quote, know. Quote, New York Times. And then they say, the Obama administration is promoting the availability of annuities and other forms of guaranteed lifetime income, which transform savings into guaranteed future income. Yeah, for the insurance salespeople. Yeah, guaranteed right? for them income. It's right? guaranteed for them. Uh-huh. Uh, reducing the risks that retirees will outlive their savings and blah, blah, blah. Learn how you can lock in 8% annual returns with the Life Income Rider. Is that what it says? That's what it says. Okay, all right. And then I clicked here to get my free report. Now, you talked about this. I did. Just a month or two ago. Yeah, a month or two ago. That's, that's right. So I'd like you to explain to us what, what, how in a time period when treasuries, 10-year treasuries are yielding, uh, what, one and a half or, we got it right here, bro. Yeah. I'll get uh, it for you. Let me get, let me get, oh, I got it. Here we go. Ten-year treasuries at yeah one point four seven percent. How is it at a time of that that they can have a guaranteed rate of return for eight yeah. percent? Do you smell fish frying in the room here? I do. I do smell some something fishy. Can you identify that fish? Well, the thing is, this they're not telling you on that is that it. They do tell you that it's linked to a guaranteed income rider, right? There must be fish in there. There's a kitty. Must be fishy. Go ahead. And this 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 uh, adver- advertisement, that if you will, uh, it says it's the guarantee is tied to an income rider, right? A lifetime income rider, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. What is that all about? Well, that's the thing. You can't separate the two without telling you what the guarantee is on, on the lifetime income rider. You can't you can't understand the returns. You don't know what they're actually guaranteeing. Um, here's how this works. In the previous discussion we talked about on the radio program, um, let's say we had a you want to do you're 55 years old, you had a hundred thousand dollars to put into this this. Uh, a variable annuity product right now. And the guarantee is this. Hey, over the next 10 years, I guarantee to give you 7% per year. And then in seven years, or in 10 years, you'll have, you'll have a guaranteed amount. In this case, it would be $170,000. So it's $7,000 a year per year based on the initial investment of $100,000, right? That's 7%. Right. right. Are you with me so far? I'm with you. Okay. I'm following that math. It's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. One note on that, however, a lot of times, the like in, in the advertisement you spoke of on uh, just a minute ago, they're guaranteeing eight percent. They're not telling you if it's simple or compound interest. First of all, okay. So you don't know if it is or not. Well, that's a very interesting point because if it's if it's not compound, then it really isn't an eight percent annual rate. It's something no. something less. Right. In my example, because I have the numbers in front of me on a seven percent guaranteed rate, it would translate over ten years at seven percent simple interest to only a five point four five percent annual rate of return. Oh, right. There's no compounding there. It's a little word jockeying yeah, going right? on here. It's hey, all but semantics. it's guaranteed seven percent though. Oh, okay. Right? Simple yeah. interest. But the real kicker that isn't the, the the real problem. The real problem is that. It, it's not linked to, and they don't discuss it in the ad, advertisement. There's a lot of sizzle. Is hey, what's the guaranteed withdrawal factor on the guaranteed base? So I'm guaranteeing from the comp- the, the the annuity sales company, uh, I'm guaranteeing that hey, well we will factor in a lifetime withdrawal factor of say five percent on the hundred and seventy thousand dollars that will be there as guaranteed in ten years. But guess what? If, if you do that, what's the actual Internal, the embedded rate of return. And of course, this has to do with your life expectancy. That's the main, main problem with it too. There's other issues, but it's based on the cash payments for your life expectancy, right? Okay. So it is kind of complex. You can see how these things are not as simple as what they're suggesting. Now, now you've got to do some other math here. You got to do some other math. But the, in, in my example, now what is that? Is that math that you're calculating? <laughs> no, I'm sending a fax. <laughs> that sounds like. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's funny. I well, I'm trying. So here's the embedded rate of return in my example. Again, here, here's the situation. I'll summarize quickly. Although Take your have, time. We have plenty of time. Take your time. Like. This is so important. So attend. You're, you're 55 years old. Because people are making big, big mistakes, and I think they're doing it off of misinformation. Well, the word guarantee gets tossed around all too easily with these things. And guarantee. If, if Obama is is running around as a new as, as an insurance salesman now, <laughs> I wasn't aware. I, of I'm that. not saying he is, but they are right. Somebody but is. He, he's now the poster boy for this right. stuff. He better understand it himself right. and what he what what he's recommending. I don't. I think there's probably some out of con- context stuff going on here. Right. Uh, but go ahead. So here's the deal. In this example, you have $100,000 you put into this uh, this annuity product, and you're guaranteed at minimum to get 7% per year, uh, which is, in this case, simple interest, which would turn that $100,000 in 10 years to $170,000, right? Mm-hmm. And in 10 years, mm-hmm. on the $170,000 a year, I will give you 5% per year for the rest of your life, as long as you live. I guarantee it. You're going to guarantee that? That translates to $8,500 per year in, in actual income. Okay. So the real question is, hey, how much would it cost me to buy the same buy the same income stream in the future right now? Right. Uh, is it Would it cost me $170,000 or would it be something more or less? That's the real, real litmus test here to see if it's a good deal or not. And the, the deal is this. The cost of a stream of income to produce $8,500 Today, at age 65, so in 10 years, is only $103,000. Oh. It would only cost me $103,000 to buy the same $8,500 a year income in 10 years. Right? That's a huge difference. And they're guaranteeing, uh, they're saying it's going to cost you $170,000. Okay. Which, obviously, they can turn around in 10 years and buy the same product for cheaper, and they, they get the, the vicarage, the difference, right? They're making they're money on the this. Juice. Yeah. So that's how it works. And the embedded rate of return based on the guarantees alone okay. is Talk not 8%. It's, it's not, not 5% or 7%, whatever it was before. It's not 8 it's not 7 it's not 5 It's not even 5 Based on your life expectancy, it's 0.36%. One-third, less than one-third, a little more than one-third of 1% is the embedded rate of return on that thing. No! No! I agree. Okay. So... You see what I'm saying? I was in the. I got the. Financial. I got one more thing for you. Ready for oh, this? Oh, okay. That point three six percent does not account for inflation. Less than one percent, folks. Not adjusted for inflation. Yes. Okay. So you're. That's not. A, is that a specific product that you're dissecting, or they aren't? This or? is how they they most often work. Okay. This is a, a common uh, plain vanilla type of. Here's what I'm going to do. Okay. I, I'm going to get their little quote thing. I'm going to get the contract, and I, we're going to go through and see how close we are to the 8% advertisement All right. uh, on any of this. And with the last minute here, there's some other information that should be considered with that, like there should be a premium for illiquidity, right? If I own a treasury bond, bond bill, A, I can hold it to maturity, right? So if it's a five-year yeah. maturity. I can wait for it to mature. B, I can sell it tomorrow or within the fraction of a second. I have complete liquidity over that. You can sell it anytime. C, anything, though it says it's guaranteed, the real critical, critical, critical issue there is it's only guaranteed by the company, the insurance company, to the to the degree that that company is solvent. Right. So in that advertisement, it said A-plus or something, right, which already is not the top thing, but anything that's not a government issue, right, is not guaranteed. So it's, it's guaranteed in terms of what they are embedding in the return as long as they stay in business. Yeah, that's true. Just like a corporate bond, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, we guarantee we'll pay you the 6% as long as we pay it. Right. We're around. But if we do pay it, right, yeah. 
then you'll get your 6%. Right. But the other part of it is, would you just, would you just uh, abandon a, an investment strategy because somebody misleads you into believing that the annuity is what you need if, that's, if longevity risk is not really an issue? Right. In my view, the guarantee here? Yeah. You're guaranteed to earn no money. What? That's what this annuity is guaranteeing. If you, if you do the math, like we just described here, you're guaranteed, in fact, to lose money after inflation. And that's not good. That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Well, that's it for this week, Ethan. I'm emotionally exhausted. I've, I've given it all. I, I'm tired, too. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Uh, Empirical Investing Radio, thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And for more information about Empirical Investing Radio, please call 800-923-4307. We'll see you next week.